Hello and welcome to the Yggdrasil Podcast. I am your host, Rada Tosker. Today we have Nintendo Black Crisis, a returning guest, and we have Monster Maze for the first time. Thank you for coming, both of you. Yeah, no problem. Always nice to see Will. <laughs> uh, the funny we've part is on, no, one, no one's going to ever know this joke. Just keep we, we've it been <laughs> on so many. We've been on so many podcasts together by this yeah. point, so it's like familiar face makes me Indeed. feel more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I was on. I think the last time I was on was literally like the last podcast you had, and it was very fitting because it was following the whole. Um, gameplay presentation mm -hmm. which we had that whole zoni thing so that was that was a fun discussion Ooh. so since uh, i've already had you nintendo about crisis let me ask monster maze uh my traditional question i like to ask all the zelda tubers uh what was your first zelda monster maze and which one's your favorite uh ocarina of time was my first and my favorite tends to shift around quite a lot i have like a top five which Kind of is just like interchangeable sometimes it depends on which game i played last and maybe i got sick of or and then it <laughs> drops down a few pegs so yeah it, it, it changes so I, I i usually don't name a favorite but like when it comes to top fives like ocarina of time majora's mask breath of the wild skyward sword and uh what's the other one I don't know. I, I forgot, but well, <laughs> there, there's obviously it's not. That one's not the top that, one spot. It's not in the top three. <laughs> Dude, that, yeah, that's that's yeah. so relatable. What you just said. I can never have a favorite. Mine's like a top three. It, yeah, I guess Wind Waker would be up there too. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's so it's such a good game. So, fellas, I um I follow both of your channel channels um, and I've noticed that. You know, we just had the the trailer, the final trailer reveal, a lot of new information, and neither of you have output anything since then. What's what's going on? <laughs> well, in my in my case, it's just because I I didn't want to do an analysis like all the others do because they're doing it better and more, and I don't have the time to mm. make a forty minute to fifty minute video. Uh, as much as I think it's incredibly impressive what these guys are doing uh i'm 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 not willing to destroy myself for that <laughs> so it, i usually when there's like new trailers or new teasers or even with the gameplay demonstration i tend to find like one thing i can focus on so i have a more focused subject that i can build upon and then i, I can keep it manageable somewhere between 10 to 20 minutes uh, which is what i'm doing right now it is uh this last gameplay trailer is the first time I gave a crack at the, you know, very extensive analysis that I see the other Zelda tubers doing. It is quite stressful. It's very difficult, like 30, 30 minutes, 40 minutes of, of just uh, analyzing this thing and uh, making the video. It's, it's, it's difficult. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And in my case, I'm also uh, going on holiday on Thursday, uh, so like Thursday or Friday. We're not entirely sure yet, but it will be this week. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm just not a very fast worker when it comes to my content. I, te I tend to take my time. I want to chew on it. If I just pump out videos, I always regret it afterwards. I'm like, eh, I could have done better. I'm mm. already seeing many things I was wrong about or, you know, so I tend to avoid fast videos. So do you, do you know what you're going to be focusing on um, yet? Uh, or is that something you don't want to talk about until it's out? Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to be mostly focusing on the ancient sages and the possible connection to the eighth heroine and just uh, that mystery 
kind of ties into that too. It, it actually started as a video just talking about the sages and then like halfway through I was like, oh, maybe I can tie it to a Breath of the Wild mystery too since, you know, we had the seven heroines and now we have what seems like seven sages. And from there it kind of started rolling and now I have a... The script is done. I just have to record the voiceover, which I, I'm only like on page one. <laughs> yeah, voiceovers are brutal, man. Yeah, well, if you're especially if you're non-native, if you're not a native speaker, I just trip over my words so many times. So Nintendo Backlight, uh, Black, sorry, Black Crisis. How about you? What's what's uh, the holdup? Where's our where's our videos? Um. <laughs> It's an analysis, you know? Uh, I, okay, let me put it this way. I'm like halfway through my notes, um, and most of my notes just are the observations. There's a ton of stuff that I'm going to like elaborate later on, like the idea of Zelda being stuck in the past. I've also been looking more at the shot with the Ganondorf transforming into that demise figure, mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I've been on this whole like snowball effect where it's like, Oh, this actually looks like it's just being, it's taking place in the past. So I have to, you know, elaborate on that as well as I'm going to bring up a bit of the sage stuff. But that, all that stuff is just like single line notes at the end of my script. I'm halfway through the notes and already it has surpassed the length of my 40 minute gameplay analysis. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a bit, um, Yeah. <laughs> It's safe to say it's not a analysis video, it's the analysis video it, that dude, everybody... Dude, it's the final trailer thinking. analysis. Like, <laughs> I, I, when I went into this, I'm like, this has to be, like, the send-off for all this time. It's led up to this final analysis. It's the last time we can analyze, uh, aside from, like, obviously, like, the theories and stuff. Just, like, a regular... It's the last time we can do a regular analysis of a whole trailer i see so i'm just trying to go all out on this yeah that's actually that's actually great that serves a particular niche that is not like usually the analysis videos those are like okay let's get these out as rapidly as possible uh the, yes uh mm -hmm. but you're you're going for another um uh strategy where okay let me make sure it's as as comprehensive as possible as as uh as the, make no mistakes on it <laughs> Yeah, when you're on like the the YouTube game with you know talking about trailers and stuff, it's either you want to get into that first like 24 hours and get out an analysis quickly, because obviously the ones that come out first are gonna you know generally get more views, mm -hmm. but that comes at the expense of quality. Um, some people can get those analysis videos out really quick and they're really good. The only other option is like if you wait longer, you need to make sure yours you know sticks out um i did something i did something similar with the 2021 trailer because i was really excited for it but i waited super long and that one ended up being like 45 minutes um and it ended up doing pretty good so it's kind of a similar strategy here i notice when did I, do, I don't have a discord you know i don't have a discord but i think that that would be a great advantage uh when you're trying to get things out quickly and try to be as accurate as possible in your initial thing because you're if you have a discord and you have a lot of people that follow you uh that are also looking at the trailer they can point stuff out to you a, a, in a discord kind of format um yeah so i wish i i wish i could tolerate <laughs> discord but uh, i'm just very antisocial and would rather not talk, <laughs> not talk to people 
Yeah, well, well I plus mean, it's I, like, it's not as easy as uh, just that because everybody wants to share stuff with you, like on Twitter. People are mm-hmm. send, sending you emails. Have you seen this already? What do you think about that? And it 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 does become overwhelming. I I I'm I'm similar. I'm kind of anti-social in a way where I've just shut the shut the whole world off <laughs> and <laughs> just focus on my own thoughts for a minute. A minute. The only thing I will do is call, like have calls with uh, people like Will and Zeltic and. Just sit down with them and uh, just discuss ideas because usually we're on a quite a like a similar wavelength mm-hmm. when it comes to the observations we make and the conclusions we draw from them. Uh, so, but that's all pretty much all I do. Yeah, uh, in especially those initial stages. Especially as the, the more we get of the trailer, the the easier it is to like piece together uh, some things. Also, but like I'm also kind of antisocial when it comes to Discord stuff. So I really talk on my Discord. It's not like I'm always there, but I the one tab I always look at, and one of the ones I kind of only look at to be honest is like theories because I am interested in what people are talking about. Right. And there are cases where people have contributed to like the videos because in my gameplay analysis, uh, that's where uh Discord user Angelo I think he had shared a map he made mapping out the whole Sky Island. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Do you mind if I use this and credit you? So, you know, there's that. There's also the fact that I think Don and I had both, after the trailer, we did a bit of a live stream just kind of breaking stuff down. So we have the YouTube live chat to kind of help us with some early stuff that Mm. we may have missed. Mm -hmm. Also, there's Twitter, tons of people sending you stuff. Um, On occasions, you will get stuff that you just completely miss. And... Yeah, it's it's very just discussing with other content creators. There's so many it, it's it's important to look at it as like a group effort. I I don't there's nothing wrong with just doing it all by yourself, you know? But sometimes it is nice to get another person's opinion of something, especially if you're about to make a video on it cuz you don't want that video to right. age poorly. Right. I just wish I was better yeah. at harnessing all of that um stuff because I, I get overwhelmed pretty easily. Like I, I'll just read my comments, you know, just my comments are, I, I try and read all of them. Uh, I do read all of them actually. Uh, but it's just, it gets so much information. It's, it's so many people's different ideas and they start meshing it, uh, in your head. And then I start thinking, uh, it, it's almost like I'm starting, to, uh, it's almost like it's affecting my ability to analyze after a certain point, after you, after you hear so many different theories or the same theory over and over, you start thinking, well, maybe that theory is correct. Like, look at all these people that are that are doing it. But maybe you wouldn't have thought of that on your own, and maybe you would have thought of a different theory had you not been influenced in that direction. Uh, stuff like that just worries me. So, I I think I think my uh, methods gonna have to say until I can figure out a, a better way to to process all the information. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a it's a balance for sure. Because if you keep in- interacting with people the whole like all day all uh, all the time while you're working on videos you're not going to get the work done mm. at some point you just have to cut it off and just be like you know i really have to focus now and uh you know the i've i've noticed too like some people will share things and i'm like oh that's really cool i'll credit you or but at some point it, but it, like you said it becomes overwhelming i'm i'm also easily overwhelmed by information and this trailer was so big that for for the first 2 3 days i didn't even know where to where to start i didn't i didn't pick a subject until sunday i think like i didn't decide on this final 
uh, subject that I chose until about Sunday. Yeah, it, like it's the the one positive about when you make analysis videos is you know what video you're going to make when a trailer drops. Like you you already have an idea. Oh, I'll just make an analysis of this. But when you don't do that and you're not on that like initial train of trying to like get something out, you then have to try and find like one thing to talk about or one topic to dive into and it can be difficult. Sometimes it's easier, you know, something like the September, there wasn't much to begin with. So the topics were a lot more limited. So you kind of could choose, but there's just so much. I'm at the point, there's like, uh, uh, sorry, yeah. for interrupting you, but uh, I was just going to say, I'm at the point where I'm making videos daily because I've realized like, I have a lot of ideas that I would like to get out before the game releases. Like there's just a lot, yeah. there's just a lot there. I feel like an hourglass that's only pumping out one grain of sand at a time. I'm just physically incapable of making any more <laughs> videos than I'm currently making at the yeah. moment. Um, but it's like, there's just so much. And the there's an evolution to these things because like what people thought three days ago is not what people think today. So like my three mm -hmm. days ago video is already outdated. Uh, like, okay, you, you mentioned the time travel theory. Three days ago, that wasn't a popular thought, you know, but, no. but it is now. No. <laughs> it is now. Now yeah, it's, it is now, yeah. it's the default assumption now for most people that I, that I see. Uh, so... So if I hadn't talked a little, at least a little bit about the time travel theory back then, then uh, then it, it would be wasteful. Like it all, it would almost be wasteful. Uh, yeah. So I, I I'm feeling like I need I just got I got to put these ideas out as fast as they come to me. Yeah, I mean sometimes it's just a it's there's nothing wrong with just getting a bunch of uh, ideas out there. For me, I mentioned it in in the beginning, but like the thing that I've sort of just recently feel completely different on now is. Like, I am pretty sure the shot of Ganondorf transforming to that demise-like figure is taking place in the ancient past. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever that Zelda-like figure is blasting away those Molduga. You know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, this is, you know, when he's rehydrated and when he transforms. But the Great Plateau has been such a center point, especially for this trailer. You know, user, I think Lugia had pinpointed that Zelda was standing behind the Temple of Time somewhere on the plateau on that same platform that we later know is, you know, ascended to the sky or there just so happens to be another completely identical platform, which, you know, I don't think I don't think that's the case. But the fact that the plateau is the birthplace of Hyrule, that it makes sense story wise, because if Ganondorf was still under the castle, then it'd be kind of weird if in the present he then moved to the Great Plateau, did his transformation. Um, it, the only other possibility is that there's like a story related reason why he moves all the way over there or that he wasn't sealed in the castle. But it just. So you think that his transformation into that demise looking figure is what is shown in the mural in the trailer where he's sending that's the thing that's sort of another thing that kind of led to it because i was like huh maybe the thing on the maybe like because at the time when i still thought that maybe it was happening in the present i was like oh so maybe he's gonna transform back into what he used to look like before he was sealed and that would explain how it looks on the mural but now i'm thinking wait what if that was that transformation I, okay, I, I do yeah. want to get into that because this that's a, yeah. that, that mural. There's so is much. That, there's so there's so much. That mural actually is extremely interesting because mm -hmm. that's Ganondorf on the mural. You know, that's that's not demise on the mural, and that's an ancient Zonai mural. So that's something that happened 
to the Zonai, right? Like, we're all in agreement on that so far? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. And he has horns, too. Yeah, and he has horns in the mural. So this means Ganondorf, like, not even, de not Demise, like, just Ganondorf, at, at some point in the past, attacked the Zonai. So that, by itself, like, has huge implications. Uh, uh, but but we'll get, we'll get into that. Uh, before we get, like, actually into the trailer, I want to talk to um, Monster Maze. I don't want to forget this about your Triforce video. Did you happen to see uh, my Triforce video that I made recently? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, that's how I, uh, that's why I added you on Twitter. I was like, finally, someone who made a similar, <laughs> came to a similar conclusion I have. So it, I, that, there's a funny story behind that. I um, have been talking about making this video since I started making Zelda content. Like uh, I've been talking about this video really for months uh, about the, uh, I'm, I'm always proselytizing about how uh, the the Triforce pieces were found in the Sacred Realm, you know, uh, and so so that's just something I've thought about since Skyward Sword came out, but I wasn't a YouTuber back then. So uh. then I went to go collect the footage for the the water in the Sacred Realm, the, the waking water that has the Triforce symbol on it, and I was like, all right, you know, I'll stream while I'm collecting this footage, because I, I don't have easy access to it. I can't find it online anywhere. There's no, like, recording of it. Uh, I don't even see a picture when I go to Google Images, so I'll just go in uh scabbard sword and then people started mentioning your video and i was like well when did his video come out i i, I wonder uh how oh three weeks ago darn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was right before it oh, man. i don't even know what started i think it was because i do, was doing a video about the i was planning to do a video about the sacred realm but there was so much to the sacred realm just mm. all the con contradictory information about what it is and what it looks like and how it works in the context of the story or the different stories because it always has different rules it seems and i think from there because there was such a prominent theory about the silent realm being the sacred realm I started looking into that first so as one of the first points that I wanted to tackle was like, oh, well, is it? Is it actually? And to uh, like fr from there, the, the whole Triforce video, that, that happens to me quite often actually where it just spins into its own, you know, offshoot video. <laughs> and that happened to be the Triforce one. That's an excellent, I, I thought that was an excellent video. I really like um, that you made the case, like you, you, you've prop you've popularized the case uh pretty much on your own that the silent realm is an inner world uh for link specifically it's just it's his psyche uh and i'm, I'm just like okay at least somebody popularized it like somebody said it <laughs> uh <laughs> that's just that's wonderful I'm, I'm glad uh like our theories aren't exactly um the same uh i think we came to different conclusions you your your theory was that he literally uh had the triforce like in lore's uh, in in game and that was intended uh the whole time right i'm not misinterpreting that yeah the, the, basically he had the a dormant version of the full triforce inside of him or inside of his bloodline maybe even mm -hmm. since the beginning of the story and all the little clues where he's like uh like for example picking up triforce pieces from the silent realm that kind of just triggered this feeling of that there's something weird about this because he didn't do that in the Wind Waker. In the Wind Waker, he just collects pieces of the Triforce in the normal world and mm -hmm. glues it back together. And there you go, Triforce of Courage, hooray. So it, for me, it always stood out as something weird. And uh, to be fair, I cannot take full credit for the idea that the Silent Realm is like an inner world. Uh, I've talked to other people before 
like Rinkuto, for example, that French uh, theorist, also very talented, very good uh, at what he does. Uh, he's very much into the whole Buddhism and oh. the real life inspirations behind the Zelda universe. And I think he, uh, I had a call about it with him prior to making that video, like a few days before. And he already made, he already came to the same conclusion like long ago, long ago mm. about what the Silent Realm is. So I was just happy. I didn't steal that idea because I did find that out. Like I did like shape that theory on my own. But it was just nice to hear someone who came to the exact same conclusion. So like, oh, okay, I'm not completely crazy then. <laughs> yeah, it gives it gives you confidence when you when you see that. Sometimes that's sometimes that's the last push you need to make like an idea. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad. I'm. It's really happy when pe a lot of people come to the same conclusion, especially when it's not a, a popular conclusion. Uh, because I try to talk about that like on a stream, um, still still somewhere. Uh, when I was playing Twilight Princess and I was just talking to people and I was trying to explain to them uh, about the silent realm and, and just these thoughts I had and everybody's calling me crazy. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to make the video at some point. You guys aren't listening. I can't express myself while I'm fighting all these monsters in, in, in yeah, Twilight yeah. Princess. Sometimes it's so difficult. Like even when I try to explain a theory, it's like, oh, so basically give me why you think, tell me why you think this. And I'm like, Oh well, I haven't written the script. The script yet. I'm not sure where to start. Even like when I'm talking to monster based ones with my ideas, uh, I I'll I'll tell Don something. He'll be like, "Oh yeah, so so what 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 do you why do you think that?" And I'm like, "Um, well, it's kind of hard to say right now because I haven't like <laughs> put it down into words. You haven't uh, structured your thoughts yeah, yet. Yeah, it just you know some of us are like that. We just need we can't. That's why we have to stick to scripted content, right? Um. Yeah, it's the same with me. It's why I'm terrible at debates. All the yeah, good arguments yeah. and defenses even, come way like, after the de debate is already over. <laughs> yeah, even like on, on Twitter, where you could just have time before your next response. I struggle with that. And like, just because you're not good debating doesn't mean that like the stuff you're saying is completely incorrect. It just means you, you, it's not a talent to like right. be in a discussion, right. you know? And to be specific, when we're talking debate, we're always talking about like you know the healthy conversations. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people are just jerks. Yeah, they're just uh, trying to they're trying to show that you're smarter than you or something. Yeah, but even when you try to have that like a mature discussion, you just can't because you're someone who like you'd have to just say to them, "Oh, you can you know go back to this video where I actually have it all structured." You know. Well, I find oh, that plus the go oh, ahead. Sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, uh, well, I was a bit about to say like plus the. Even the best debaters out there, they still have a lot of stuff memorized prior to going into that right. debate. Like all the, like suppose they're talking about healthcare or something. They have all the data and all the numbers. They already planned that ahead so that when they do get the, uh, asked the hard question, uh, they have a prepared they, they response. They, they try to predict. Response. They try to predict yeah. what will be asked, and they know, know they know the typical arguments made by the opposing side. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they know the the appropriate responses. Uh. To, to their side and usually debates like those like uh in front of a public those are just about looking good like those are not actually about uh <laughs> it's it's about winning like it's it's about winning those kind of things they're they're, they're quite annoying yeah yeah for sure and in the case of zelda theories you know there's not the stakes are not that high but you do put yourself in front of sometimes like hundreds of thousands of people mm. and you you do have to come with a pretty good argument to that, especially if you're going to challenge a pre-established 
thought about the Zelda lore, a pre pre-established idea about Zelda lore, uh, which we'll probably get into that too. But for like, just as a quick example, I can see so much confusion right now also on Twitter about how the timeline of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom works. Like, the, there, there seems like uh, they keep referring to, for example, to the tapestry from 10,000 years ago. But you're like, oh, is this new mystery woman that we see? Is that this woman we see on the tapestry? Like, that's a completely unrelated event. That, like, the, I, I also the think one, that, yeah. Yeah, the one on the mural is the events we are probably going to be experiencing, whether it's in flashbacks or through Zelda's eyes, who is mm -hmm. stuck in the past. But that's like way, way older yeah. than the events from 10,000 years ago. The, the events from 10,000 years ago is just the first calamity, the first recorded case of a fight against Calamity Ganon, which well, that's, was a victory, that, that's, like a clean victory. Th that's That, I think, is the evidence that it's not the same event because it's Calamity Ganon, not Ganondorf. And the, the mural that you see in the latest trailer, that's clearly Ganondorf in a, in a humanoid, um, maybe demonic form, but it's not, it's not gaseous. It's not Calamity Ganon. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, at most, at most, um, the the figure definitely looks very similar to the the princess of the tapestry, but that just means that 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 they look similar, which they know? do. Zelda looks it was, similar it was, to yeah, yeah. To that it was a lady. long time ago. So, um, and and the fact like assuming that this might be an ancient uh version of Zelda or something, uh, the the ears are way longer. <laughs> which I, I feel like also just shows how much old, I guess over time, maybe the, the, the pointy ears were less, you know. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like we can blame people for being confused because, you know, Nintendo hasn't always done the best job of, of explaining how it works. Cause in age of calamity, for example, they used the tapestry from 10,000 years ago to illustrate things that happened 100 years ago, which you know, you see Terrico appearing behind her, and it's like, wait, that's no, that that's completely unrelated. How can Terrico <laughs> appear behind this princess? That's not even the same incarnation of Zelda. So, I, I definitely don't blame people for that, for making that, like being confused about it. But it is funny how when you make a video, so like for example, right now I'm making a video about the sages. I do have to address that, and that immediately puts another page <laughs> into my <laughs> script. Because you do at least have to clarify, like these are you have to two acknowledge it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are two unrelated events. Uh, like Ganondorf's being sealed is what ultimately leads to him becoming the calamity because he's frozen in time. Yeah, he let me let me frozen in place. Let me make sure we all we're all on the same page on that, right? We're assuming that he got sealed sometime during the Zonai time by the Zonai because he's got the arm there or something like yeah. that, and that caused malice to seep out and build up and that's what created the calamity again and that that the breath of the wild people know for the last ten thousand years right yeah which is mm -hmm. basically just a phantom of ganon right that he created yeah, yeah okay I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page on that we're, we're finding some firm ground some firm footing calamity that's ganon also always always in breath of the wild stays at Hyrule Castle. It feels like he can't leave. Right, right. And I think that further just shows that he needs to be sealed under the castle. You know? Well, um well, to be fair, that you could you could also just assume that Zelda is what's keeping him because he is sealed there and she's stuck in the castle with him and that you know, that's what 
you could also assume that that's what's keeping him from going outward. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what, whatever the case is, it, Calamity Ganon was just a phantom, just like the Blights. Uh, so it's basically a remote controlled. <laughs> it does have uh, uh, Ganondorf's consciousness, consciousness in there somewhere, probably, because he can like see everything. He can. He has intelligence, even though he doesn't speak. Like Calamity Ganon is like this faceless evil that just uh, it doesn't talk to you or. But it did learn from its mistakes from 10,000 years ago where he got his butt kicked by the Sheikah and their technology and then came back 10,000 years later and was like, ha-ha. Yeah, took it over. I will just, yeah, I will ch just take these robots for myself. I will corrupt them and use them against them, which is arguably one of the most successful victories Ganondorf has ever had over Hyrule. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the trailer. Let's talk about the trailer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> was it not the... Yeah greatest trailer you've ever seen it's so okay so it it might it might sound weird but even though i'm a zelda content creator i don't think there would be a zelda game in my top 10 of all time that that i know which i know is going to shock people wow but that said not only do i have a strong belief that tears of the kingdom will become my favorite zelda game but i feel like it may hit that list right because like it looks so good <laughs> I cannot wait to play it. I felt emotional um, looking at that trailer. Oh, yeah. Like I felt real deep oh, yeah. feelings because I, I don't know if you guys watched much of my content before uh, that trailer came out, but a lot of it was skeptical. Like a lot of it was was making um, explanations for why people might be skeptical. Like it's this, no, it's not unreasonable to be skeptical, guys. Like that, like they really haven't shown very much kind of kind of uh, content. And then this trailer comes out, and I'm just like I. Okay, I'm going to the other side. I'm sorry, fellas. Like any <laughs> any one of you that are still down there, uh, uh, being in the DLC group, like I'm, you know, I feel for you. I was like in the middle. I was, I was, a, I was a radical centrist. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going over there to the hype side right now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was originally the opening words of my script. Was like I've been on, I've been off the fence and into the into the hype camp for before since before this trailer because I kind of trust the Zelda team enough where i'm like well well when have they ever really messed up you know it's even the worst zelda game is still a decent game right a decent video game so they're not going to spend six years just you know doing nothing and uh <laughs> i was never worried let's just put it that way but i did see your video about it uh and i do agree that uh, i've said this from uh i think after the September trailer from last year. Mm. I did say, I can see why for some people this is not enough yet to, just because I as a Zelda fan, as like a long, like a seasoned Zelda veteran, just because I have that trust, there's so many new Zelda fans now that are like Breath of the Wild may have been their first Zelda game. Uh, a lot of them are actually. Uh, I would argue most and, of them are at this point. Yeah, the, the game sold so incredibly well yeah so I, I can i can i've never been like uh it's not like i cannot empathize with the people who were on the fence but after this trailer if people still are on the fence i'm gonna be like well now you're just probably it could still be the case that the game just doesn't look like a type of game that you would enjoy uh but you cannot say with a straight face that this is dlc that's just not that's that i know that's that's i i still i i think some people um you know, 
it's it's fine to still kind of be on the fence. I, I completely disagree. I think they've shown more than enough at, with this trailer, but it's just the DLC claim. Yeah, the TLC comment. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. I don't know what kind of DLC these people are playing, but I want I some. I want some of that DLC. <laughs> oh, inject that into my veins, baby. Well, see, the thing is, what I what I love the most about this trailer is the reaction that I saw to it. Um, you know, because of the nature of my content, I like almost all the negative people were were clustered around my channel. Like they'd come to my videos and they'd comment on it, uh, and, they, and then they'd express their concerns. And that's what you know. I, I I'm greatly sympathetic with it, to that. I like looking at sizable minority positions and trying to understand where where they're coming from. Uh, but after that trailer, like. I saw people that I that were like, yeah, I'm not going to buy this. I'm going to go play uh, something else. I'll be like, okay, never mind. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this so much. I saw people on the chat doing it. I saw people in my comment sections. I have hundreds. I could make a whole video 20, 30 minutes long just showing comment after comment, reading them out, uh, being specifically saying I was not excited. I was skeptical or I wasn't going to buy it. And now I'm completely hyped. I believe now. Like now I get what they were going for. They really were hiding so much. Um, so it like I, I think it really wasn't like all these people were just being negative for no reason. It really was a situation where they weren't getting it, uh, and now they get it. So I, I released a poll, and in the poll that I put initially before the trailer, it was like a you know eight percent, ten percent, something like that. Uh, people were not excited, didn't didn't care for what they had seen so far, and then like total the bad and the uninterested was like forty percent of of the commenters on the poll after the trailer one percent was was uh, had a negative impression and together with the uninterested it's like seven percent you know so there's like a 90 percent of uh, like i've never seen numbers like that i put out these polls regularly i put them out for elden ring i put them out for monster hunter i've never seen such a positive uh response in, in a poll yeah i mean I it's see... uh sorry oh, go, go ahead that's fine no i was uh I was saying like I I'm not really like that where I uh like you you said you like to you like the minority voice uh, to you you find that fascinating to an extent right yeah you, you said yeah I like I like for, understanding their position yeah for for me it's uh a bit harder because I'm just a naturally like let's just put it this way if there is a set track record of something where it's just it keeps delivering time and time and time again, and at some point people are still not trusting enough in that particular IP. For example, like just as a quick example, when uh, the last season of Stranger Things was announced, there were so many people who were like, "This took way too long. They didn't show us anything. Uh, it's probably not going to be any good." I was like. It's always been good. Why suddenly now would it be bad? It just doesn't make sense to me why you would take that negative stance if you already know from past experience that the that the that the series was good. Same with Elden Ring. When Elden Ring in a, in the beginning they were a bit slow. Also, just like with Tears of the Kingdom, they were slow to reveal stuff. They didn't update us for years sometimes, and then, you know. But it's from soft. <laughs> They've always delivered so far. Every game they make is a masterpiece. So why would we expect any different this time? So I've, I, I, I understand the fascination with it. And if it's a general complaint that's just purely subjective, where, uh, for example, someone just says, I prefer classic Zelda. I don't like all this crafting 
like making vehicles and crafting stuff uh, that's just not for me i i I just prefer the older style of zelda so this is i'm not gonna buy this then i'm like totally fair that's totally fair to say Mm -hmm. i i see i see some people mention how like they should have had this trailer out sooner nope absolutely Um, not i I was yeah yeah, because like uh, I was I'm gonna ask you, I was gonna ask you of, of your opinion because like for me personally, first off, it would be so much harder to wait because everything looks amazing. But also, as Don says, even if they're really quiet, obviously they're gonna be doing stuff all these years, you know, working on the game, and they have a track record. So I don't see why they would need to have this trailer out sooner. Here's my problem: there, there was here was the problem I had previously. There was a group of people that I was always on the bandwagon, like nervous, but, but I was on the wagon where it was like, there's just no way that what we see in all of these previous trailers is representative of what, uh, even before the gameplay trailer, like forget the gameplay trailer, the trailer before that. Uh, I was always like, there's just no way that this is representative of what six years of development. It's impossible. Can't be. I refuse to believe it. Uh, and I was saying that, look, it doesn't make sense. There has to be more. But the defense, the the kinds of defenses I would hear would be like, you're crazy. This is plenty. This is plenty. Like, this is absolutely representative of what the game looks at. And it's enormous. It's an enormous amount of content. And like, if that's an enormous amount of content, you must be happy as hell because it's like it, it, what we see now, it's clearly like something like six or seven times more than what we, <laughs> that, what those trailers <laughs> suggested. Uh, this makes me happy like i look at this i'm like okay this is what i was talking about and and this look the way that they introduce things in this trailer makes me think there's way more that we still don't know there's tons more that we still don't see this trailer is just scratching on the surface it's all oh for sure that's all i wanted to see that's all i wanted i don't want to hear these these arguments where what they were showing before was sufficient wasn't sufficient for me clearly wasn't sufficient for a lot of the people that were in my polls because now they're happy i'm happy they're happy I'm just happy we're all on the same side now, for the most part. <laughs> I think it just also boils down to how you handle those types of things. Because to be fair, I was not very impressed with the September trailer. I thought it was too short. It was too. It didn't say much. Uh, it was just more sky islands and like aside from maybe one brief glimpse of a cave or something. Where that's not enough for me either. But it was it was a glorified I, title reveal, and most of it was just that mural shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for me, it didn't do much either. But I guess the the difference is, I will just move on from that feeling. Like, all right, maybe they're just not ready to show more yet. You just they had you had the trust. To... You had the Nintendo trust. You're like, oh, this is Nintendo. This is the Zelda series. They had never made a bad Zelda game. Why would this be? You know, why would this be different? Yeah. Plus, I'm an almost unnatural optimist when it comes to a lot of that kind of stuff i i just uh i'm just like well i guess we'll see more later and it, instead of thinking oh this game is going to suck clearly they know don't know what they're doing because this is not enough to convince me mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it's it's different for everyone i don't uh i don't think i'm in the right either because my i can be too naive sometimes where i get disappointed because I keep holding on to a certain degree of hope or uh, positivity or... You mentioned you know. uh, Elden Ring, and I, I kind of just want to piss off 
um, all of my audiences right now, uh, my Elden Ring <laughs> audience, my, my, my Souls audience. So I loved Breath of the Wild when it came out. Um, I'm still, I still consider myself more of a classic Zelda fan. I enjoy classic Zelda, I think. Um, but I loved Breath of the Wild and I played Breath of the Wild more than I probably played almost all the other games combined. Like I was a lot, <laughs> I was in that world for a long time. Um, so I'm, I'm a big Breath of the Wild fan. I would say it's my number two game, uh, in the Zelda series. But when Elden Ring came out and it was an open world game as well, and there was a lot of parallels between Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring, not, not so much in like design, but in how they treated previous, their, their relationship to previous games that they made in the same genre, in the same series. Um, yeah, same philosophy. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was like, during the game of the year awards there, there was this chance that Tears of the Kingdom would release the previous year and compete with Elden Ring for Game of the Year. Uh, and going off of just Breath of the Wild, I just thought that Elden Ring was so much better than Breath of the Wild, it wasn't even close. Like, I wanted Tears of the Kingdom to come out just so Elden Ring could crush it. Like, just to, just to so I could see it crush into the dirt. Um, I, I just thought that Elden Ring was so much of an advancement to, to in comparison to something like Breath of the Wild, it's, it's, it wasn't close. But now I see the Tears of the Kingdom trailer, and I'm like, now I don't know. <laughs> like, now I don't know. <laughs> I actually think that I am probably going to, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm full of copium, but I think I'm going to like Tears of the Kingdom more than I liked Elden Ring. And I, I liked Elden Ring a lot. Like, I liked Elden Ring a whole lot. But right now, uh, I think Elden Ring is not going to be as good as Tears of the Kingdom. That's my initial impression. That's my prediction. So now I've pissed off the Breath of the Wild fans and I've pissed out the, uh, the Elden Ring people. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, that's not really something to be mad about because isn't that what we all want is to have greater and greater experiences. Mm -hmm. So Breath of the Wild set the, the groundwork. Everybody was excited. Yeah. Then Elden Ring came along, which did it like it naturally involved the formula and the, the standards set by Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. It improved on a lot of stuff that was lacking in Breath of the Wild. And now we've got Tears of the Kingdom, which is going to be another step up, uh, which is good for everyone, for the whole gaming community, because it's going to set a yet another standard, which, because if there's one thing I'm tired of is the same open world games over and over again, yes. like the Far Cries, the, 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 the uh, what's it called? Like there, there, there's been just, you know, the, Ubi, the Ubisoft formula, uh, stereo, stereotypical formula from Ubisoft, which they can just crank out every two years or so. And. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying I don't enjoy those games. I do, but they're not, they don't stick with me for the rest of my life. Uh, I'm going to forget about those games when I'm like 50. I, I won't even give it a second thought anymore. Whereas, whereas Breath of the Wild and Elder Ring. They'll stay those with me are, forever. Those, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Th those will, I will always remember my first time stepping onto the Great Plateau. I will always remember my first time entering like Stormvale Castle mm -hmm. and just being completely scared and intimidated because I was way too underleveled <laughs> and <laughs> or finding my first catacombs or, you know, th those are the type of adventures that really, you know, that, that differentiated from the rest of the, the gaming sphere in that moment. I saw some developers. I don't, I don't remember where I saw this. This was on Twitter somewhere. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't save it anywhere, but there were Western developers that were looking at this, uh, programmers even, that were looking at the Ultra Hand and the Fuse mechanic, and they're like, this is crazy. Like, Nintendo just 
just screwed us all. Like they just screwed us all because they, they've <laughs> set this whole standard that that like everybody else is like five years behind. Like there's no. <laughs> I, I was looking. at it's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I see. Squirm. You might increase your standards of quality so that you know the yeah. industry improves. Well, you know, even games such as like Minecraft, everyone wanted to then have the the crafting and procedurally generated worlds it's just these games show up and then all of a sudden they just like revolutionize what you can do with yeah uh mm-hmm. video games and the the fa- it's amazing how like tears of the kingdom is doing what breath of the wild did right <laughs> and I- i'll be completely honest i wasn't sure if tears of the kingdom would be like something that could become like a game of the year because i figured oh well you know breath of the wild obviously it you know had such an impact and usually the sequel to a game like that it's not you know as big because it's a sequel but like from the trailer and gameplay demonstration it's like okay yeah it definitely has the chance to win again game of the year (laughs) not only do i not only is it that but it's more like I was convinced it couldn't possibly reach Breath of the Wild sales. Breath of the Wild sales were astonishing. Like you would see it top the charts month after month uh, after release. Um, but now I'm almost like done a complete 180 and now I'm sure it can. <laughs> like I'm almost sure it can top uh, Breath of the Wild sales. It's so... Didn't it already like surpass the pre-orders? I think so, yes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and that was Breath- before I think the the recent trailer, right? Yeah, right. Plus, right. Pl- uh, plus, Breath of the Wild had the advantage of being on two systems and being a system seller too. So I, yeah, I I'm, think I'm completely 180. I think I think it'll outsell Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I I, I well I hope so for sure. Well, to be fair, it's also one of the first times because this is definitely not the first sequel in the series, like direct sequel. There's been a few that come close to be, which can be considered like a direct sequel, like Majora's Mask. Yeah. But I feel like this is the first time where it, it's so much bigger. Like with Majora's Mask, they went smaller, less dungeons, smaller, more focused world. Uh, but with this game, it's going to be Breath of the Wild plus all this other stuff. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and there's enough, at least from what I've seen, there's enough changes to the overworld which we we don't even know for sure yet what what that's going to entail. Like, are we going to explore Hyrule in the ancient past as well as Zelda? We don't know. Yeah, that they might keep that a secret. <laughs> I I so uh, sorry. I'll just quickly add this. Um, HMK had posted just like obviously how you know hype this was and how much they showed us, and I had responded to him, and I feel like this is a comment is very relevant to the whole you know what we haven't seen yet but if nintendo was willing to show that much in the trailer imagine the amount of stuff they are willing to not show us you know yeah there's if we saw because if there's so much in the trailer so it makes you think okay but imagine the amount of content they're choosing not to reveal (laughs) much of what the trailer shows is like just implications and i'm not sure where the implications lead like it could go anywhere like you see all this stuff and i'm like the the world is so much different than i thought it was the mechanics just the companion okay just take something like the companions okay that's amazing that's amazing okay so you have companion characters with you they have tears so what does that mean it does that mean that they are going to follow us around and we can use their tear powers only when they're with us 
or or that will need to clear a dungeon with them, kind of like in Wind Waker. Like I don't know. I don't know what it means. Is is the problem? Do you guys have thoughts on that? Uh, you go at first, uh, Will. So, can you just quickly repeat the question? Sure. Like the okay. So, Sidon is with you. You see a, a clip mm -hmm. in the thing. He's with you. He seems to be in a in a Zora ruin kind of thing. Uh, I'm not sure if that's in Zora's domain or if it's in a sky island that looks kind of like Zora ruins. But the background looks very dungeony. You know, there's there's like uh, there's a puzzle that you can see in the background. There's like grime on the floor. And Sidon's with you, he's attacking. And we know that he yeah. has one of the tears. The tears probably give you magical powers. Is is he going to be like Wind Waker type companion that you need to clear this this dungeon with, and then maybe after the dungeon you get his his tier power or something like that? So uh, one thing unique about the both shots where we see Tulin and Sidon with Link is they have this like blue strainy thing stuff coming from them. So I'm wondering if that indicates a partner that you may even be able to have a bit of control over. But in the shot where he's in that area with the ruins, which I saw the background, it looks like like you can see a bit of what may be like the tail fin of Zora's domain, but it's really high up. So it looks like it's just a separate ruin above that area or mm. something like you say, it might be a dungeon. But as far as I remember, he doesn't have the tear on his arm in those shots. So ah. I I have a feeling that you're going to go to each individual place that is suffering from their own, you know, problems. For example, the Stormcloud in Hebra, where every shot we see with Tulin, aside from the one where he's with all the other three, like, champions, quote-unquote, yeah. they're all in Hebra. So you go to the he Hebra to solve the Rito issue, Tulin accompanies you, and then on the way, you get the tier for Tulin. That's one of the goals. Solving the crisis and then getting... And with Sidon, everywhere you see, it looks like it's above Zora's domain. In fact, that the trailer shots where we saw that stuff, which we all thought was like a malice going up to the islands, uh, we only ever see three of them in every single shot. And, you know, it's all but confirmed that it's that stuff leaking from the islands so that stuff is probably what the zoras are going to deal with meaning that it's only found that issue of the malice strands or whatever it's only in Laneru. and in that case it's probably like poisoning the river one of those sources is going directly into the east reservoir lake where ruta was and that is the one of the water sources that flows right into the domain so the zora probably are dealing with a poison issue you accompany sidon uh to get his tier there's a possibility of the grudo desert maybe there's the sinkholes but also it looks like grudo town might be engulfed in a sandstorm so that's the issue grudo town is dealing with you'll probably have to be with reju getting uh that tier um and then of course death mountain there's a comparison shot where one of the areas it's completely drained of lava part of the reason is because it is stated in game that varudania caused more lava to appear but it just straight up isn't there like there's no lava whatsoever so maybe that has to do with the malice erupting from death mountain you can even see in that shot where linky's using recall on the octorock he has a old wooden shield equipped normally in the climate that would burn it is not burning death mountain has changed drastically oh. so then you'll probably and and it looks like there might be a tunnel 
in that shot and I checked the comparison that RMFH posted, conveniently, there was lava flowing down like a waterfall right over that tunnel area. So Ah. the draining of it is revealing new spots. The dungeon might also be where you have to go up to the Death Mountain Crater into the Malice area because, you know, the lava in the crater probably also has gone down, um, revealing new stuff. I also wonder if the dungeons might be split. For example, we see Sidon and Link fighting on floating islands. So the issue that they have to solve is in the Sky Islands. The same for Hebra. The Storm Cloud, you see Link with Tulin. It's in the sky. However, we saw a structure rising in the Gerudo Desert, which might be, you know, related to Arbiter's Grounds. But that could mean that for the Riju quest, Link is going to have to go underground for that. Right. And we've already seen the clips of the areas that look like they're underground in Elden. So I have a feeling that um, it will be split where two of the regions that the solution will be in the sky somewhere. And then the two other regions, the solution might be underground. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I, I want to talk about dungeons. Like, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> like that, that's my main thing. I'm the dungeon guy. Uh, I really like dungeons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. D- yeah, d- same d- here. did you want to add anything in monster maze before we get into the dungeon talk? Well, the, the original question was mostly about the companion stuff or like, what do we need to clear like these areas with these new characters? Uh, you, you made the, the comparison to wind waker, for example. Uh, well, to me, the mo- the most opti- uh, optimal outcome would be if there's if there's like uh, options, because when it comes to dungeon crawling, I like to be alone. That's just my thing. Uh, like a lone dungeon crawler going into this spooky place and figuring it out. Uh, in fact, the the dungeons in the Wind Waker were cl- kind of tainted for me because you constantly had to carry these other characters around, and I just don't like that feeling of not being alone. You're just with this other character. Um, so for me, the, the best option would be if they, if it's, well, literally optional. (laughs) So either you can choose that they will follow you, follow you inside that dungeon, or even better, if there's going to be some sense of co-op in the game that a player too can control that character for a short amount of time. That would just be ridiculously uh, incredible. <laughs> like that would be. It would. It would. I've often thought about, uh, like, uh, w- when you play Breath of the Wild, I've thought about the quietness of it and how it like there's these encampments and there's these these things to do. And it's like, man, it would be really fun if I had like the ability to co-op with a, a buddy. You know, he could come into my world and we can he help me clear this encampment, help me clear these these areas. We wander around, have fun with it. Um, like that's a whole other like like fifty hours of gameplay just by itself if they added that for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> as long as it's optional, you know. The, right. Everybody plays games in a different way, and when it comes to single-player uh, adventure games, I don't know. Like for example, with Fallout, I didn't interact with the companions that you had that could follow you around. I just I didn't bother with them. Right. I like to be Mad Max going through this world alone. <laughs> but not even know, the dog? options. Well, in the beginning, yeah. Right. In the beginning. But I, fi- I figured this world is too dangerous for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dungeons. Do you guys think that what we've seen are the dungeon equivalents? Like, do you think the lava cavern that we saw underneath, uh, well, in, in underground somewhere, and the Zora area with, with Sidon, and maybe the um, 
temple thing rising out of the sand? Do you think those are dungeons or dungeon equivalents? The temple has to be like a dungeon. Um, yeah. That definitely. I'm st I'm not sure if like when Link's running in that underground uh, magma cavern, if he's already in the dungeon or if the structures in the distance are like the actual outside of the dungeon. Um, you can see plenty of minecarts around or minecart rails in the background weaving like into that those structures and you can see later on um link riding the minecart fighting the uh new tier construct um you can see that like some of the minecart rails are also weaving into buildings so that might be taken at around the same spot um like it the looks same way, like uh... Like you mean, like in the same way, the fire temple was inside Death Mountain Crater, but that's where the entrance. Yeah, was. yeah. Right. Um, and there's also a bit where you can see one of those uh trees with a green glowing bulge near the end of the the shot. So I'm not sure if that's supposed to be that same area that we saw in the past teaser, or if it's just the same type of tree located somewhere else. Either way, that means like huge sections, which is amazing. But um, there's also it looks like they are going to have some other dungeons that might be like open air. Right. Like the, because when he, Link ascends with Tulin on that, using that ship sail trampling thing, uh, you can see a, uh, like a shrine in the distance, which makes me think that's the starting point and a series of platforms. So it looks like he might have sort of a platforming segment where the whole goal is to go as high as possible. Maybe he like enters a storm, the Hebra storm cloud from the very top because it's too like powerful to just walk through or something. Um, but yeah. And then, and then, and then the side on, and then the side on, cause like that creature that, that they fight, maybe that, like the dungeon isn't in the Hebra storm cloud. It's just that where that's where like the bosses possibly, but um, it was side on as well. It's up in the floating islands. And again, it feel, it gives off like an open air element, but I do, I, I don't know what else that building in close to Arbiter's grounds could be. It has to be like a, a dungeon. So the question is, are we going to have, it also follow a bit more of like an open format or is it going to be more traditional loading screen into a different area kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think uh, monster maze? Well, I think if they, uh, I, I agree by the way, 100% there's dungeons. Uh, it just, uh, all the, the evidence seems to point that, uh, to that, but like Will says, are they going to be more traditional dungeons? And I think yes and no, because, Obviously, you cannot go all the way back to the classic formula, not with the type of moveset that Link has in this game. That, that's just not possible. You, you cannot expect him to, like, to put up a wall and, you know, suddenly he cannot pass anymore because he can climb anything. He, can, he has the paraglider now. So an Ocarina of Time type of dungeon or Twilight Princess type of dungeon would be cleared by Breath of the Wild Link or Tears of the Kingdom Link in like a second. Uh, the, the, those types of obstacles are not going to work anymore now. Well, just to be uh, fair, so, like shrines restricted your ability to do a lot of things. Like you could, you couldn't um, use Rivali's Gale, for instance. You can't climb the walls of the shrines in in Breath of the Wild. So they could put yeah. limitations like that in a dungeon. That that is true. I hope they don't resort to like cheap, like unexplained ways where it's like, oh no, for some reason you cannot climb this wall. I always thought that was I I understood why it was there, but then. I don't know. 
it always felt a bit weird to me that that they uh not that i really care about the lore like well that that <laughs> wall is like as like some sort of it's, special it's smooth uh, it's so smooth you can't you can't climb it yeah and meanwhile <laughs> you can climb ice right <laughs> with your bare hands right but i think there's ways to get around it without restricting the player to that degree uh just by having more verticality by i think we already saw kind of a a hint to that where it's like he's going down this tube with lasers all around and he's like using a wingsuit and uh, that might be inside of a dungeon too i don't know but i i, I just want to see them creating dungeons that work within the context of the game and don't have to restrict you all of a sudden to, to to make it work because that doesn't feel as natural to me for for some reason uh, well I, I I get that uh I, I wouldn't think that it's any more restricting because even the the well I already mentioned the shrines but even the um what are those things called I try and forget them I hate them so much um the divine beasts the divine beasts <laughs> yes <laughs> even the divine beasts you couldn't climb up their walls or uh uh you know scale them. So there were there were limitations on them too, and you know a lot of the times you can find clever ways around the shrines using your your Sheikah slate powers. You can find clever ways to to do the things, but sometimes you just need the small key that's in the shrine. You know, sometimes you need you actually there's only the only way to get through it is with a small key, uh, or solving the puzzle yeah. the in, the intended way. So it's great that there. I, I think it's great that there are often multiple solutions, but I don't always expect them to like intend multiple solutions and design multiple solutions sometimes if they want to just put a small key uh and, and make you get it and use it to open a door i, I think i'm fine with that my hope yeah but i i do think you can rest, uh, do that without restrictions though uh, at least as little restrictions as possible because obviously if you're in a closed room it doesn't matter if you can climb or not you're not getting in uh, in and out unless you you use the the front door but like a prime example would be hyrule castle hyrule castle was as close as to a uh, to a cl uh, to a classic Zelda dungeon that we got in Breath of the Wild, and you could use anything. Clearly, you could also go straight again and within a minute if you had the Zora outfit, or if you just climb up like you have a lot of stamina, you just climb your way up. But if it's more like a a puzzle that you have to solve, whereas like there's a closed door here which you need, like just uh just to mention uh or just to give an example. You could just walk into the sanctum and fight Ganon, but what if that door had been closed when you got into Hyrule Castle? Like initially, when you come in, there's like a boss key door there, which doesn't allow you to progress and immediately fight Ganon. And you have to go inside the basement to do this and solve a puzzle there, and you get a small key from here, which leads to that other. Because Hyrule Castle is massive, and it was pretty fun to explore that place, but it was all optional. So I could see them taking that concept a bit further. And turning it into a more classic Zelda dungeon, but with the mobility of Breath of the Wild, in this case, Tears of the Kingdom in mind. The the way they could do that is, let's say there's a dungeon, okay? And th when Link first, one of the rooms, it's locked, okay? And around that spot, there's a really powerful enemy. Now you could fight that enemy and they drop a key and you could get through. Let's say there's another alternative where instead you could do a little platforming sequence and then enter from that way. That would give you like multiple options. So like 
so so you could take the quote-unquote shortcut by just defeating an enemy with a key but it might actually be more difficult than just doing a little platform sequence you know so that's a way they could add a bit more like alternate entrances into the same spot my hope for Tears of the Kingdom, see from from what I've seen, is that we both have like this open air area, like like we you mentioned the Zora's Domain thing. It looks like there's a puzzle there. Like it looks like there's some kind of water puzzle going on in the background. It looks like maybe you can push orbs into it for some reason. I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but it does look like there's a puzzle up there in the open air section. Um, but then also maybe it unlocks an actual like uh dungeon dungeon. Like if if that's the only kind of dungeon there is, and the the exterior and it's completely open air and it's it's um part of the natural environment, that's fine. I'm already happy. Like I'm already happy. Uh, it, it's thematically different. The Zora place looks very different than the underground lava place, which looks very different than whatever the interior of that desert temple thing is is sure to look like. I'm already good. Visually distinct. Hopefully, there's different music when you go into these areas uh, that plays. That's all I wanted. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that <laughs> fully. Uh, uh, that's all. I'm fine with just that. It would be cool, though, like if I was going to be a little greedy, uh, if the they would also give me um, open air that leads into a dungeon. Kind of, you mentioned uh, Death Mountain. You, you know, you go through the volcano area of Death Mountain, and that leads you into the dungeon, and then you get to the dungeon proper. Something like that would not go to waste with me. That would that'd be awesome. It would be amazing, yeah. And I still feel like, even though the shrines didn't really do it for me as replacements for dungeons in Breath of the Wild, I do think it would be nice to see those little micro-challenges come back too. Because I know that there's plenty of people who appreciated them, especially people who don't game like, who don't play games for hours and hours upon end. They just need to take their kids to school. Oh, let's just do, do, do a quick shrine, little take micro kids dungeon. to school, come back. Yeah, yeah. It, it it did make the game a lot more accessible for people. So I, I hope it's going to have a mix of both, right. just be the best of both worlds. Then that way the, the, the hardcore dungeon crawlers among us still have our fix and <laughs> the, 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 the micro challenges will be able to satisfy others. All right, I'm looking at the time. I want to, before we get off, I want to um, talk about some of the theories that, that uh, I've been hearing. Uh, let me just shoot some off at you, and you guys can tell me your, your thoughts. What We talked about the mural already. What do you think about the Ganondorf being uh, the hero in the mural, and then Ganondorf's, uh, Ganondorf's going to try and break out of the demise cycle, uh, that he's actually going to be a good guy in, in, uh, by the end of the game, something like that? What do you guys think? I don't know. I mean, he nah. has one of the tiers, and the tiers are do seem to be connected to the sages. So, like, at least it does question how he got it in the first place. Like, was he, like, for some reason, a sage? Did he steal it from someone? Maybe he took it from Yonobo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, the more likely option, that he took the Goron tier or something, which yeah. could explain why Death Mountain is by far hit the hardest. Uh, he just went there first. And why uh, yeah. Yonobo isn't uh, seen yet in the promotional materials or... He... Yeah, yeah. so... But I, I, my first one of the first things I thought was like, oh, maybe it's an entirely new Guang character. But I, I feel like it probably is going to be Unobo. Um, and the reason they they hid him was either, uh, because he had some sort of like glow up or something. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> or it is, 
it's kind of like a glow up, but it's also a lot more story related. Mm. It might also be to hide the fact that maybe he doesn't have his tear. Um, mm. Because we're just assuming that, oh yeah, he probably has a tear as well. So it could also be because he doesn't have one that they're hiding it. I, I but, also think it's Yonobo that's going to, you know, be another person there, another companion, uh, maybe eventually get his tear or something like that. But that's because yeah. uh, it seems like the, wh- all the people that are following Link are um, champion descendants. And it makes... Yeah, so like... He, he, oh, wouldn't, sorry, have a dis- he wouldn't have a descendant uh, yet. You know, he, he seems like he'd be too young to have a, a kid like Teba. So, like, there's no one to replace him, really. Uh, it, it would have to be him. Yeah, I wanted to uh, mention that that is like the other reason that I'm start I'm starting to think yeah, just you know, but because it's never outright stated if Riju is a descendant of Urbosa, oh. but we see her use Ur- Urbosa's yeah, because I I don't think I it's think ever mentioned. Is. Yeah, I, think I she no, is. no, I think she is. I'm just saying it, no, that's no, the I one think, that's uh, never. I think it is mentioned. I think Celtic sent it to me. It's like really obscure somewhere <laughs> in one like from creating a champion or something. There's like one line that says <laughs> her ancestor Urbosa. Right. Well, either way, she uses Urbosa's fury. fury. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have, obvi- well, you know, I guess Sidon doesn't have Mipha's grace, but obviously he he's related. Um, and then, you know, Bo would have, he straight up says that he inherited Daruk's protection. But Teba is the interesting case because... Um, he doesn't have any sort of like Rivali's Gale, but we find out that Rivali himself made that power. And while while it's not obviously canon, I think in Age of Calamity you do see uh Tulin kind of make his own sort of uh Rivali's Gale. Mm. Oh, yeah, like, the it's tulip, like called Tulin tulip tornado, tornado, I think. Yeah, yeah so tornado. that so that is still sort of like linked to a champion power, you know? So yeah. so it's just kind of it's it's interesting. So that's why I, I think they all have a sort of I just thought of something relation. What if they're yeah. what if they're temporary summons? They're not actually companions. What if they're temporary summons? Like you remember you you talked about how there's like light coming out of Sidon, uh like yeah. like blue light. That sounds like the kind of particle effect that you would give like a temporary summon. He he comes in and you see him do a combination attack, and then now that I'm thinking about a uh Reju's or Bosa's Fury. They, they, you could summon them for select things. Uh, at, maybe they're also companions during certain story events, but maybe they're also summons that you can bring out uh, uh, for a temporary attack or something like that. Yeah. Well, something that interesting work. that a, a Twitter uh, user pointed out to me is I haven't actually like gone back to double check yet, but they mentioned how those blue strings, it looks exactly like the thing that comes from those bomb room runes when Link pulls them out. Oh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> so so obviously that means that link will be able to throw tool in and he'll explode <laughs> 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 but yeah so so it might be related to a like a summon thing or yeah who knows i think uh it is pretty clear now that the the like it's all based on ancestry yes with these new people yes because i i was also a little bit on the fence about that especially because teba doesn't look anything like rivali uh, and of course nintendo avoids the subject of like 
how like we know people have children but we don't see the thing that happens before <laughs> that <laughs> so they, they keep it very uh, pg uh, uh which uh is it can sometimes be a bit confusing like did Rivali have a wife didn't he die during the calamity when he was still pretty young like how did he have he was a stud he, he 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 slept of around. course he was <laughs> of course he was plus it does even if it, even if it doesn't really match they can just say that he did yeah it's like yeah he at some point he did have offspring and uh rito are also said to be much shorter lived than the other races in hyrule yeah uh, which could explain why teba is not joining the gang this time because he first of all he was hurt pretty bad like his arm was like messed up oh. in uh, in breath of the wild and he was already a dad so he, he's probably just too old now if, if breath of the wild or if tears of the kingdom takes place about i don't know four or five years after uh breath of the wild then he could just be no longer in a fighting shape right due to his age injuries other reasons so that's why tulin is now the one picking up the torch from his dad uh, that means we we'll probably see we'll probably see him in his uh you know in his house or over in Rito Village and and you know talk and reminisce. That'd be cool. I'd like to see that. Yeah, maybe he's the new uh, village leader. Yeah, the village elder. Because uh, that owl guy already looked pretty old. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> he may have abdicated or wait that that no that's uh, what a queen does or a king, uh, but he may have stepped down. Uh, we also see the same weapons returning uh, time and time again because there's that shot of that new goat-like figure and like on the side of him is a is an adult Rito warrior and on the other side you can see it's clearly a Gerudo and both of them have one of them has the great eagle's bow and the other one almost certainly has the scimitar of the seven which are the same weapons Urbosa and Rivali used respectively in Breath of the Wild and now are being used by Tulin and by uh right uh well, well what's the other one <laughs> i always blank on names i don't remember um okay oh. you uh Riju, yes. yeah but Riju even has two now i don't know where she got a second scimitar well seven, well but... uh, they, they were able to make replicas easily every time it yeah broke, that's true could, that's so true. They, probably but i do find it interesting she has two of them she's like yeah. defense what's that <laughs> so you mentioned the goat uh faced guy let's talk about him uh, I just recently put out a video the other day talking about the dragon theory that he's actually a dragon. I saw also, um, was messaged by Limcube, I think, on Twitter. He's been pushing the dragon uh, theory pretty hard. What do you guys think about that? That he, what, him and, and the girl that a lot of people think are, is highly of. What do you think about the dragon first? Um, I, 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 I do think that it would, well, it, it would make sense in turn like this goes back to the whole talk about how Breath of the Wild has a lot of unsolved mysteries and Tears of the Kingdom might do it. Um Monster Maze already linked the sages possibly to the the heroine legend. But there's also the whole dragons. Like they play a huge part not only in the obviously like the Zonai motif stuff, but like the three that fly around. There's that mysterious fourth dragon which either is a new one or like maybe Farage has a different look, but I'm pretty sure it's a new dragon. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be more relevant. And I do wonder if the new dragon may somehow be connected to that, you know, goat creature that we see. And maybe even that dragon will like speak to Link at some time, maybe during the beginning. But 
I'm pretty sure I do believe the connections to the dragon. Awesome. Yeah, same. I, I think there is a chance. And, and sorry, in regards to like, I think someone mentioned in creating a champion that the dragons were kind of based off of goats. So like mm. you can call it, you know, a goat man or something like that. And it's still like, it also is fits. still connected to, yeah, fits exactly. Yeah. The big question is how would that work though? Because I am pretty darn confident that the, the, the green hand that is like latched onto Ganondorf's chest like the place where the like with the thing that's keeping him sealed away, I'm sure that's that guy, that goat yeah, guy, because yeah. he's the o he's the only one who has a bracelet similar to that uh, on him, mm -hmm. and so basically in the present that's all what's left of him, and that's gonna eventually possess Link's arm, wh whether it's like as a spirit or so. How is he in two places at the same time? Like he's both an arm, <laughs> like well, he's, possessing yeah. Link's arm. <clears throat> well. He maybe he isn't in two places. He's in two times at the same time. So it's so in the in the present with Link, he's the arm, and that's that's with Link. And in the past, he's with Zelda, and he's just not he's not in the present in any other form other than in the I, arm form. I think but, though, no, I think he's see... talking about. I think he's talking about when I mentioned the connection to the dragon, right? Or yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah. the the dragon thing because we oh, see a shot that where... specific dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we see a shot where Link is in the sky. With the bracelet, and you can see the dragon in the, mm -hmm. in the that new dragon, because uh, there's four now uh, apparently, because it doesn't look like any of the other three dragons, which, to be fair, makes sense, because in Skyward Sword you had the three dragons on the surface, and then you had Le uh, Levius, who was like the guardian of the sky. Mm. Uh, so maybe this new dragon is like that's his domain, whereas Farosh was more tied to to Farron, and obviously uh, Elden had one and. So, but I, I'm not sure, maybe, because obviously that's a conclusion that I draw from the, the notion that he is a spirit that will possess Link's arm, so that goat man will just go inside Link's arm. Could also be that he's, it's just the bracelet that he passes on and he, you know, turns into a spirit and just flies off and there you go, dragon. But <laughs> well, my, I'm not too sure. I'm not, I'm not sold on any of the particulars like uh, uh i'm not sure i believe all the things that Limcu believes about it but i am sold on the idea that it's a dragon just from appearances alone the, the hand looks a lot like dragon hands uh the like the the makeup around his face looks really similar to the if the, if you close up into the uh eyes the patterns are almost identical and, and there's like uh the the paint right beneath the eyes just it's it's the same pattern uh, so he's he's yeah. he could just be trying to look like a dragon. Maybe maybe he is a Sonai and he's trying to look like a dragon. But I am. I think that might be the case. Actually, I think he is maybe of Zonai descent because it's the only race so far we've seen that we haven't seen before or since. And it's just whereas that woman, for example, the mystery woman that uh, a lot of people think is Hylia, uh, she just looks like a normal person. To be honest, she looks uh, like a normal person would... with longer ears. Yeah. So, yeah, in fact, her darker skin tone could even suggest that she's somehow connected to the people of Lurelin, well, which are classified as Hylians, but with a slightly more tint to them. Isn't there a theory that the people of Lurelin uh, uh, are connected to Zonai? Uh, yes. So that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I thought that she's a Zonai and not the guy. The guy's a dragon. 
and she's a Zonai, and the, there's there's a Zonai race that looks like her. That's my that's my current working theory. But what, could what, be, yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on her? Do you think she's Hylia, or, or what? What's what's your impression? No, no, um, not not Hylia for me at least. I I am leaning more towards her being an ancient Zelda. Not the one from the tapestry, but from way yes. before. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. not same what here. she wears is not the exact same as what Zelda's wearing. However, like it's like even the 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 part on her head forehead, it's a different um it's obviously not the same as the, the one the the other the tanned figure is wearing, but it's still the same style of of thing. And she has the the lotus earring things. Uh, she also has like I think those bracelets and, and the necklace, and she's wearing the tear in the same spot. And you can see how a lot of these quote unquote sages like Sidon, Tulin, um, Riju, they're where, where they wear their tears are all exclusive. Riju has the earring. Sidon also has it on on the back of his hand. Tulin has it on his talon. But also that cutscene of that Goatman figure with the two in, behind. That one Rito that looks obviously like an adult and not Tulin, they're wearing it in the same spot. So each same of these sages too. already mm. ha has that exclusive area where they have the tier, which further shows that it can't be a coincidence that both Zelda and this figure are wearing it on the necklace in the same spot. So I believe it's an ancient Zelda. Yeah, that's that's same. That's my assumption. I I just I'm I'm so happy you guys say that. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 totally uh totally down for that one because it just yeah. makes sense, you know. Every time Ganondorf awakens, Thank there's you. always a princess. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I, I think I Don. I think you had a slightly different alternative. I think right. Me when mm -hmm. we last talked about the figure, or do you think it is the Zelda? No, no, I think it is. It, okay. it is. All right. Z yeah. Some people have called them Zonai Zelda. I'm just, I'm, I'm not willing to go there just yet because I, I feel like the, the other guy could also be the one who's the Zonai. The Zonai. Uh, you know, both are an option. I'm pretty sure all the other races are just going to be the ones that we're, you know, judging from the historical record of how the sages tend to work. Uh, usually, there's a Goron am among them. There's a Zora. There's a. So we, even though we haven't seen them yet in the trailer right now. I'm sure that whole group is made up, uh, made up of seven original sages, right? Which includes that Gerudo and the Rido that we see behind Goat Guy, and then there's probably going to be a Goron, a Zora, maybe a Sheikah representative of, as well. We just haven't seen them yet because mm. we there's are so much. There's so much to talk about. It's crazy. Yeah, because we are one tier short. Because the one that Ganondorf has on his head is red or green, and we've also seen a green version on uh, Tulin. But I can see that there's probably also maybe a purple one, uh, and they could involve Paya. Bring my girl yeah. Paya into the story. There, there was a Sheikah uh, sage in Ocarina of Time too, so that would involve a, a shadow gem too. Yeah, yeah. And the figure, the figure as well has, has a, Sheikah, a third eye. Yeah, he has a Sheikah eye on his on his. It's head. just straight up. It's straight up as a third eye. I, I was on. I remember when the September one came out. I was constantly on the fence of whether or not it looked like a third eye on on the mural. But then when I had talked, or when I saw Zelda Lore's analysis, he had mentioned it. So I'm like, oh okay. So it's one of those moments where you see someone else mention it, you're like, okay. So I'm not crazy. It's it's so. it's <laughs> it's very much a Sheikah eye. It's it's a closed Sheikah yeah, eye, and it has and, he has the he has the pattern of the tear on his nose. It's it's just right there, and and it's literally 
an eye. Yeah. Mo- the other Sheikah, they just have like a painting. Mm-hmm. This is a straight up a third eye. Yeah. 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 The- He's uh, all seeing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the best thing that, that came out of this is I'm glad that uh, Master May mentioned that it's like there's no reason that Ganondorf attacks something and there's not a Zelda around or, or a Link or a Zelda around. That doesn't that doesn't happen. Like, uh. If if we're yeah. if we're going by Demise's curse, he's chasing them around. Like that's why he reincarnates into, into places. Even again, if even if Ganondorf doesn't know that, uh, uh, so you're telling me the Zonai attacked the civilization. I mean, sorry, Ganondorf attacked the Zonai civilization. Uh, he's he you see it in the mural. He's sending his legions, his hordes off to to battle the Zonai. And you're telling me that there's no Zelda around. There's no Link around in this situation. And they well, managed even... to beat him and seal him away. Nah. Yeah, even Mm-mm. well, even even better is the it adds more context to that mural, because now the possibility comes where the the, the one like hovering in the in that mural is actually this ancient Zelda, and it's not related to the current Princess Zelda. There's also uh, th- this isn't um this doesn't count as a leak, but on the back of the download. Hard. hard for yep. Tears of the Kingdom Ninja. There is a shot where we straight up see this ancient Zelda with what we who we can assume is that figure, that goat man. Right. So yeah, it is. Ma- so and, and that would further suggest that the the two on that mural from the September are those same characters. And it also makes you wonder, well, if if this uh Zelda was depicted hovering over a bit of malice, then could could they have actually somehow like lost? So, in I looked like, at that today. Well, uh, I'm gonna make a yeah. short on that later. But but okay, I looked at that today. If you look at the Zelda that's hovering over a a bit of malice, there's like a figure to her right, and we didn't have context mm. for that at the time. But now that the trailer came out, and we look at Ganondorf and what he's wearing in his in his trailer, that's Ganondorf mm-hmm. to her right. Like it's it's he's wearing the clothing. You can see his his dress and his belt it looks exactly like right. Ganondorf's thing in the mural. So he's right on top right. of her. While she's levitating, so maybe maybe that's correct. Maybe they did lose. Mm-hmm. And, and well, also just a shot of like the the malice overwhelming the soldiers um, at the very start. And when you look at the blood, like, but he well, did get sealed part, though. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's probably going to be kind of like the the fallen hero timeline where something went wrong and they had to resort to sealing him away because they don't they don't like kill him. Right. You know, yeah. it so something must have gone wrong. Maybe they somehow used the power of a tear uh, to, you know, seal him under the castle because they couldn't quite uh, kill him. And, you know, a lot of us have mentioned how Zelda, she might have actually picked up that recall tear in the present because her hands close as she's falling yep. and it's one of the spots that glows so maybe it has to do with the seal on ganondorf and maybe she picked it up and somehow messed up things um and then she was sent to the past with the power of recall there's just so many you know <laughs> possibilities it's and and what's even so crazy what's even crazier is we know that this timeline where zelda is being sent to or time period i should say because i'm pretty sure it's going to be probably going to be a closed time loop like in Skyward Sword it's not going to result in like a split um but that time period that Zelda is in we know what that's what that's going to lead to that's going to that, like that scene where Ganondorf is underground with the malice and the hand clutched to his chest that's the aftermath of that battle 
And that battle has to go that way. Because if it doesn't, Zelda would never find Ganon's corpse, never be sent to the past, but she's already in the past, which that would be, <laughs> yeah. a, para that would be a paradox. Now, hang on. So, it, Nintendo it, doesn't it, care it about that. They, they don't care. And I'll, <laughs> I'll prove it to you right now. I'll prove it to you right now because in Skyward Sword, you, you go back to the distant past and you kill Ancient Demise, and yet you still uh, had to fight him off, you know, you, you, the imprisoned several times, but you would not have to fight off the imprisoned True. Yeah, true. They don't care about that. <laughs> I just hope that this time they they thought about it a little bit better. Um, so maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I'm I'm just gonna go for for the best <laughs> possible so, option. We we are running out of time. I really hate that because you you brought up the timeline loop, and I am not a timeline loop supporter. Uh, I hate the timeline loop theory, even though I think there actually has a lot going for it. Like more and more things get get piled up in its favor, but I still resist it. I hate it so much. Um, uh, and because I, I spoke out against the idea of Ganondorf trying to break free of the cycle, like a breaking, I spoke out against the cycle breaking uh, theory. And because of that, yeah. I have a bunch of timeline loop people uh, in my comment section like, yeah, because it's all going to circle back and it's going to be close the loop with, and, and the next thing will be Skyward Sword. And I'm like, ew, disgusting timeline loop people no, in no, my no. comment section. Gross. <laughs> no, I don't think uh, it has anything to do with that. I just mean that these time, two time periods that are... There is time travel in this in this game that, that's pretty much a given by now. Yeah. But I think at the end of the story, everything and everyone is going to be back in their own oh, respective timeline. Where yes, they, where okay. they belong. So there's not going to be like a weird split where it's like two alternate realities or anything like that. It's more like self-fulfilling prophecy. This Zelda gets sent to the past, does stuff there, which ultimately leads to the victory in the present. Uh, I see. I see what you mean now. So it's with, a loop that, that continues it. at the end. Yeah, it's like the, I think that that's how I call it like a closed time loop uh, or something like that. I, yeah. I don't know what the exact terminology is. I see what be, you mean now. Yeah. It, it doesn't... Having... Sorry, having having Link uh be the one like they mentioned literally like he's the 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 last hope. Having him solve it in the future kind of helps explain it. Yeah, you know, uh, if they if they if they if they had the solution, if they did it in the past, that would cause a lot of complications. It's the fact that Zelda is stuck in the past, but they still need to rely on Link to actually do it in the present. Maybe by healing the Master Sword in the past with Zelda, that seems to be what she's yeah. doing. Well, that yeah, that that seems to be the the theme in this game. Seems to be that Zelda is in the past. They cannot change what's going to happen in the future. She cannot just like literally kill Ganondorf there, and suddenly he will like right. <laughs> disappear from existence in the in the in the present because in order to lead up to that reality everything needs to happen the same way so ganondorf will get sealed he will be stuck underground calamities are going to happen and eventually it's going to lead up to 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 the, to the events of breath of the wild and then tears of the kingdom but she can influence how the pre the present like the the future will will play out because let's say like you said, the Master Sword is either broken and the key to solving it is in the past, or maybe the tears, the location of the tears has been lost to time. Zelda could go to the, like, since, since she is in the ancient past. Do you think she'll she be playable find out, in the past to do these things? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I, 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 it would be pretty amazing. I hope so, but I think there might also just be a chance that there's going to be these yellow blobs that we saw in the delay footage. Yeah. And it's just a place where you can 
briefly interact with Zelda. They can communicate over time. That's over what I'm the thinking. Course of, be, between these two time periods. And because obviously she is stuck there into to an extent. Because if she could just easily return to her own timeline, you would think she would she just would, do that. She would have done. Yeah. Or pick up the Master Sword in that timeline, send it over to the future. Bam. Uh, Master Sword is fixed. So she doesn't seem to have as much of a control over the future, but she can subtly influence it, uh, influence it by, for example, by sharing information, <coughs> sharing information about where the tears are located in Link's time, for example, because mm -hmm. those have been lost for thousands and thousands of years. Nobody knows where those tears are. Yeah. I just want, uh, before we, we go anywhere, uh, I just want to point out to the audience why I hate the, the loop, uh, the Skyward Sword loop theory so much. It's because there's no hope then, you know, like I, I may be against breaking the cycle uh, in principle, but there should at least be the potential of breaking the cycle at some point. If you close loop, it demise wins. You know, if you close loop and you really are stuck in an endless sea of uh, blood and darkness for all time and all your descendants, because you're, you've are you created a closed time, you've created a time loop where that goes back to Skyward Sword. That's like a terrible terrible idea uh, i i just think it's narratively it's, unsatisfying it's eternal suffering and eternal bloodshed yeah of, uh, <laughs> i just think it's a bad story uh and i don't think nintendo has bad writers uh so that's that's my main argument it's, it's not it's not that i don't see a lot of the evidence that keeps piling on for that theory uh i just think it's a bad story and i don't think that they were going to tell a bad story <laughs> so that's my argument I think it's a, sim a similar case with Ganondorf. Obviously, I, I understand why people want Ganondorf to be good, why they... Because, you know, he's a fan-favorite character, and especially with the way he looks now, they're like the, the Daddy Ganondorf <laughs> memes are already <laughs> running rampant. I understand where they come from, but you also have to kind of look at the way Nintendo generally writes Zelda stories, and it just doesn't happen very often where like a purely evil character get suddenly gets a redeeming factor like even Zant at the end dies it's not like he suddenly does a Darth Vader and is like I'm gonna join you guys and I'm gonna kill Ganondorf for you guys even or the most sympathetic Ganondorf like Wind Waker Ganondorf that was reflected he wasn't what I like about him he wasn't gonna kill you like he literally said he wasn't gonna kill Link or Zelda at the end he just wanted the Triforce to bring Hyrule back to the surface uh yeah. So, so I, like, even that uh, character, he's not redeemed. You know, he's stuck in his ways. He, 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 and the king are are things of the past. You know, like that. That was the theme of the game. That it's a theming thing for me. This is not Shin Megami Tensei. You know, this isn't a Persona game. You don't kill gods. You don't escape cycles because they're not a burden to you. The gods are not bad guys in these games. Uh, uh, it's very. It's not. It's not Shin Megami Tensei. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and the same thing goes for the concept of Hylia, because people keep bringing that up, where whenever they see a fem female figure that looks somewhat ethereal in a way, it's immediately, oh, that, that, that's Hylia. <laughs> it's like, that would, but that would completely destroy any purpose from any of the, the, the stuff we did in Skyward Sword, because the whole idea behind Hylia is that she needed to become immortal, and she basically died. She died yeah. to become mortal, right. to... Because it, it was the only way to deal with the the problems that were... She just basically realized that if she w remained a goddess, it would just be an endless battle forever, for, for all eternity. And there was going to be a lot of bloodshed between... Uh, like, she, she couldn't really save anyone in that way. So she died and gave up her essence that would be passed down 
uh, through a bloodline, which is Zelda's bloodline. Yes. Same with Demise. Demise. Yeah, his consciousness died. might be just gone. Like he's, he's might just be dead. And his essence, you're right, his hatred, the thing that defines him is what lives on in, in Ganondorf and in his further incarnations. De Demise which is, is which is way more, more effective too. Demise is more of a, I believe like a title. Um, so like when Ganondorf does that transformation, he's literally just becoming the demise. Um, yeah. and it's, it's not just demise's curse. It's the demon tribe's curse. Um, right, 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 right. And isn't there something I about the translation, reason... uh, in the Japanese, it's more clear that it's the demon tribe's curse, not so much demise's curse. I, Quest with Aaron had a really good video on it. I'm probably going to go back and rewatch <laughs> it, uh, because I want to, uh, freshen up a bit on that topic because i i want to briefly you know use it as an argument to why like it's still ganondorf and it's not just straight up demise He's not being possessed i think yeah i think another reason why people want characters like hylia to be in is just because it's nice to see you know older characters come back there's some characters we hear about that we never actually see like technically yes hylia is zelda in skyward sword but it's the same like with villains and even the fact that people want ganondorf to be good they just kind of want things to be a bit fresh and not just oh here's another evil plan from ganondorf <laughs> you know <laughs> well yeah i i totally understand it but it it just doesn't really work with yeah some like, things like with both given how the story goes it just you can't have it happen yeah, both Hylia and Demise are basically what's left of them. They're more concepts than they they there are we go. characters. Yes, thank you. At this point, thank you, thank you they're, so much. They're, they're, <laughs> you're welcome. I've always struggled to find the words for it because it is very almost Lovecraftian in a way, where it's like these two beings who have passed on their essence into the world, and now there's bloodshed over them, and they're like they're not really something you can comprehend. Uh, which is also why I cannot believe anyone who thinks that the the woman we see on that uh in the new trailer is Hylia because Hylia was supposed to be this ethereal being that was almost incomprehensibly beautiful she had wings and yeah uh, even uh even demise when he sees Zelda is like wow you 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 pale in comparison to the the splendor of the the goddess or something I'm I'm paraphrasing yeah but, He's basically saying you ain't got nothing on on Hylia. Yeah, I'm Dan I'm like dancing <laughs> over here because I, I've like made that reference so many times, gargling against the Hylia already on my videos. Uh. <laughs> I so yeah. I mean, I understand it, but it would completely ruin any sense of continuity in the in the Zelda series if the if these characters literally just come back as their own characters. They they can still manifest through other characters like we see happening now with Ganondorf. And the director uh, wrote Skyward Sword. You know, like the director of, of Tears of the Kingdom wrote Skyward That's his story. Like, that's his premise. I don't think he wants to, like, hurt it by by doing yeah. something like that. Yeah, it, it, it's the same thing as because uh, I know you said you talked to Limcube. He was also about, like, this ancient past time period where Zelda is traveling to in Tears of the Kingdom. He speculates that maybe that's even before Skyward Sword. It's like, well, but that would completely mess up the whole backstory of the Master Sword, right? Like, how can there have been a battle against Ganondorf 
without the Master Sword back then. Well, and, well, at that right point, now, why is Ganondorf back then, like before demise? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff just doesn't really uh, work. That which is why in my latest, my upcoming video, I'm just devoting a small section of where uh, where I try to explain at least some of the history because you have the original Zelda timeline and then you have emptiness and then you had Breath of the Wild and there were things that happened before Breath of the Wild but that was still like the, the original timeline is inconceivably long uh, before Breath of the Wild so long that it almost doesn't matter anymore which was a great way for them to kind of do a little reset because the timeline was getting a bit clunky you know clunky yeah. <laughs> to, to, to say the least I'm glad they did so, yeah yeah, and Tears of the Kingdom may not even explain how these two timelines really connect if there's like a dragon break, because it might not even really matter anymore, because there's so much time that's in between, and that's why there's references to all the timelines in Breath of the Wild, where it's just like new start, new new way uh, of formulating, or like forming a story. Full agreement. Uh yeah, so the ancient past Zelda goes to, which is an event which uh, it, uh, it is mentioned in uh, creating a champion, because creating a champion has a timeline of events, which includes like right before 10,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, right before 100 years ago, 100 years ago, and then the present, and then the original timeline, which is just called like the era of myth or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there is one phrase where it's like, after Ganondorf was sealed many, many, many times, which happened in the original timeline, he lost his mind and he became Calamity Ganon. And I think that's the event that we're seeing here in the ancient past with uh, Zelda in Tears of the Kingdom. Right. That's the moment he first transforms into the Calamity. No, yeah, I completely agree. But uh, I see that we're pretty much out of time, and I'm mindful of that. So I think we should end it here, unless you guys have anything else you want to add before we go. I don't know. Were there any more theories you wanted our thoughts on? or? Well, yeah, but uh, uh, Monster May said that he needed to head out around this time. I can I can stick around for... Want to squeeze one more in? For Yeah, for 15 or 18 more minutes. So uh, 7 p.m. my time, 6, uh, 6.40 right now 7 p.m my time i'm uh, i'm gonna head out do some groceries walk the dog <laughs> you know typical life stuff okay well, so uh, go ahead yeah okay so what about this how do you think we're gonna start the game because in the website it's now confirmed that we start off in the sky islands and that's our our beginning that that place really is our um great plateau like a lot of people speculated um but then how does the first trailer where you see link and zelda underground exploring and looking and they find how does that play in um are... i mean i still assume when they say when they say it starts in the sky islands I, I don't think that means that there can't be a bit of like cutscene before that i am afraid you know? that th mm -hmm. this is just a fear of mine that we will start in the sky islands and they won't show that scene and we will see that scene in a memory cutscene, and memory cutscenes will return all over the place <laughs> so you think it's oh. going to be like breath of the wild um, yeah, I, I was really hoping to avoid <laughs> the memory cutscenes all over the place, but I'm thinking that, like, like they might just literally start us off there and, and give us amnesia again and, and give us memory oh, cutscenes. Yeah. I, I, I hope it doesn't go, like, that far, because I would love to see the, be you know, the, the beginning where, like, Zelda falls in the chasm, and then yeah, me maybe too. then it fades, it fades black, and then 
Um, you know, something happens, Link wakes up on the the Sky Island. The thing is that um, that's a big cutscene that we would have to see. Like, that's a lot of content. And Anuma hates yeah. that. Like, he hates that. Uh, he, he fought with... Um, the yeah actually he put with fujibayashi uh in skyward sword when when he put the long cutscenes that actually were criticized in skyward sword for being too 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 many cutscenes one after the other he hated that thing and in breath of the wild um there was like no cutscene there's like go on out there and then you're immediately uh -huh. out there so i am afraid that they aren't going to give it enough time to uh marinate with the initial cutscenes to to provide us time uh, it, this is just a fear of mine. I, I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, well, that is, that is a good point. Now that you bring it up, one thing for sure though is like we have that shot in the in the recent trailer where like Link is grabbing the Master Sword again. So I I assume that after Calamity again is done because like after the end of most Zelda games, you see the hero return the blade to the pedestal. So I guess he returns it. He's like, all right, everything's good. And then later it's like, oh maybe maybe I should go back and get it, you know, just in case. But you can clearly see that his arm is not damaged there and. It seems a bit redundant to have us get it again at the beginning of the game. So that's why I feel that in particular is going to be like some sort of cutscene we later get. Because I do believe we'll get a form of memories back in. But I didn't. <laughs> I never considered the, the possibility of that other one being a memory. And now that you mention it, 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 might, it might be. Well, it kind of depends on how this how it will work. Because we already speculated that there's going to be locations where... Basically, when Link and Zelda are in the same location geogra uh, geographically, but uh, in different times, they can interact. Right. Which could could be those yellow orbs that we see flying, uh, uh, like in the like I said in the delay yes. footage. Yes. Uh, so to have that, like multiple of those little interactions on top of memories, seems a bit too much to me. That's a good right? point. That's a good point. So. Of course, that's based on the fact that we are correct about that, or if it's just that one sequence where that's going to happen with the interaction between Link and Zelda. But I would assume that there's going to be some sort of communication between the two, since they have to plan something for what they're going to do to deal with uh, with Ganondorf in the present. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that personally. I thought it was just going to probably start off with a giant cutscene where it's... Like it it's been five years since the calamity. I would love that. Hyrule is rebuilding. It, I would love that. It imagine, would be hype. Let's hope Fujibashi like, man it managed to uh, <laughs> you know so, convince Onuma. So we know we know Zelda is probably like, oh man, I I spent one hundred whole years sealing calamity again, and nice to finally you know have a break. Imagine how she feels when she just sees Ganondorf like awake again. <laughs> I, I could just picture like Ganondorf wakes up, Link. Stares, looks and stares at Zelda. Zelda's just like, what the heck you want me to do about this? <laughs> I did my part. I did my hundred years <laughs> of waiting. Like, like, screw this, I'm out. <laughs> I am done with this stuff. She Recall. Just, she, just jumps into the, she just jumps into the chasm herself. She's like, take me away. <laughs> uh, okay, well, w uh, another thing. Sword. Why is the sword broken? No one's. No one knows why the sword's broken. <laughs> What is what does the malice, the malice break the sword? The malice just like it could go after the master sword. It could go after the 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 purposely the hand. I don't know. Like it glows when we see it, so it's still it's like it still has that power to repel evil. But it just shows how much more powerful Ganondorf's malice is in that situation, right? Because it's glowing, so it's like oh I'm good. But then the malice just engulfs it, yeah. And you can even see in the trailer 
Link's outfit is literally being burned by the malice. Right. You yeah, see it's the burn. It's it's like it's a good it's a good scene. I like that scene a oh, lot. It yeah it is. So and and, and, and uh, didn't didn't they explain in Breath of the Wild all, all the damage to the Master Sword that we saw? That's actually from Malice, which I thought was rust and just yeah. Cracks everyone everyone thought it was rust. But that, yeah, that's totally due to Malice. So I don't remember. It is that. powerful enough. I didn't I didn't remember that uh, happening in Breath of the Wild, but that's that's interesting. Like that Malice yeah, has this, this uh, amount of uh, of uh, ability to damage the thing that's supposed to not be damaged by Malice. <laughs> Well, yeah. we can assume that Zelda putting it in the pedestal sort of healed it. Right. Because um, it was just sitting there all that time. But there is like a note on creating a champion where it has like a picture. And then I think it's a little note. And then it points towards the blade. And it just mentions like malice <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see. <laughs> but it totally looks like Russ. That's what like all of us thought it was Russ. That's why we were confused about it back then. But. I mean, the Master Sword is also inconceivably old by this point, so we've already seen it kind of lose its edge in Wind Waker. So we know it's not eternal. Right. It has to be upheld it has to by be, some yes. sort of yes, yes, yes. sacred I, I, power. I think, I think also Zelda's speech implies that the blade is like bound to the hero, so maybe the amount of damage that Link suffered during that attack, because his whole hand turned into malice, maybe that's kind of had an effect on the blade right. because both of them are connected oh that's interesting and he, and he needs a certain amount of hearts before he can even pull it so oh. it, it might just be a connection there it's yeah. su super that was a super old uh video uh, i had done I, I talked a bit about like the how, the state of the master sword in the breath of the wild hmm yeah so okay i like it yeah that that sounds legit Last question. Do you think Link jumping into the water bubbles implies underwater water exploration? <laughs> oh, no. Here we This topic again. Um, I mean, obviously, I want underwater exploration, <laughs> but it... I it's think the it only, might be. It, it's the... It's... A part of me is, you know, thinking, like, if they want to open up Hyrule and make it feel fresh... Having underwater areas would be amazing because it's similar to like the Death Mountain situation where they were like, okay, we have to make it new. Let's drain all the lava and then have a bunch of openings be revealed, you know? So yeah. like it, it just makes sense, but I'm still not sure. There is almost no evidence for it that, that yeah. there is underwater uh, exploration, but it just would make the most sense out of a mm -hmm. gameplay perspective. Like if they want to up Breath of the Wild even more, uh, there were so many cool mysteries that I wanted to know about. Like what's at the bottom of Lake Hylia? Right. Uh, and I think in one shot, we do see some sort of a vortex in the, in Lake Hylia. Right, yep. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. The only worry is I, uh, it might be a bit too much. Yeah. Because if you're going to have underwater underwater exploration, you also need to do it for the oceans, which are huge. huge. Like The amount of pure terrain that you would have to model and create all that, like a, a fish and plants. and <laughs> Maybe they'll put a, um, a monster that eats you if you go too far in, into the ocean area. <laughs> that would scare, classic, that'd scare classic me. Classic move. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to do it. It's just, would they have had enough time with all the stuff that's already in the game 
as is. I, I feel greedy, like wanting, uh, under, like uh, considering how much uh, I've seen and how much I'm already happy with and how much is already implied, like the, the, the dark cavern areas, because the, the lava area, I mentioned this in a video, the lava area that, that's in that place where it might be a dungeon is connected to those underground caverns. You see the mushrooms there in the background. You see the tree, the glowing tree thing. So those are connected. So it's it's even larger. Like these caverns are even larger than I thought. Um, so they're huge. So if you, you and they're very and they're very deep down too. Because I think the no 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 that's spoilers. Well, those are spoilers. That, that is. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. I keep mixing it was, up. It the, was, it was, was like, the only source. The only source is Reddit. So yeah, I, I was like, wait. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait. What? What? I'm not talking about the art book or something. Oh wait, that's also. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's kind of it's kind of difficult because the other one is uh, perfectly fine to talk about. The one from the box or yes. the uh, the download card. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's but a, that one. That's... But that one looks like a leak it too. Does... If you don't know about it, I've I've had a lot of people on my comments. I've showed that in a video, uh, and a lot of people don't know that that's that's legit information from Nintendo. So they they accuse me of uh, putting leaks. I've had to explain <laughs> it a couple times. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit tricky sometimes. But you know, there's a difference between leaks, spoilers. It I it barely is even considered like a a spoiler. I mean, I, the the most spoilery thing is the fact that I guess we see the the goat man with that princess right right by side by side um but still like that and, and some people that is gonna feel spoilery because they want to like stick to trailers yes but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing it up that image with the goat man with with um Paz zelda like that just made me think what if he's a past uh spirit of the hero like what what if he's a past hero kind of thing and well the like we have well we have the 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 like it's the exact same bracing as the hand holding down yes ceiling ganondorf yeah. so it, it's and that image as well is a big uh bit of evidence supporting like the whole talk of the mural because you see them side by side yes. and it's like yes. oh wait they're having interactions oh my gosh yeah and, and so this you actually see... might be and you know and then i thought about the ouroboros and how it's two dragons like um eating each other's tails chasing after each other and i'm like what if he being dragony as he is represents one of the dragons and in creating a champion they talk about how the zonai worship the dragons that they depict dragons to depict courage uh in, in the triforce so Link's often used as the symbol of the triforce of courage and he has the the hand from that guy he has a dragon hand so what if he's also the dragon so it's the dragon in the past and the dragon in the present yeah, which would be dragons, Link, yeah and that's what the ouroboros represent that that's a thought that i had i'm not married to it you know it's just a just a neat idea. A theory. <laughs> a game theory. Right. Well, one thing we know for sure is that it doesn't represent the whole, uh, like, uh, what was it called again? What was the most prominent theory about the whole Ouroboros uh, thing it's before we know? It's the cycle. Yeah. The, it was either the cycle of uh, hatred or it was the, 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 the eternal connection between Hylia and Zelda or something like that. But we know now that it's... Pro it's probably referring to these two different time periods interacting with each other and solving a problem together, uh, which is yeah. very, it, it, it's very nice. And it also explains so much about all the other stuff, like those weird reversed vocals that we keep hearing in all the trailers. <laughs> so, yeah. The I think future. It fits well. The future. <laughs> Monogreen effect probably, but still. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you know about that. There's uh, like... 
one of those rever- uh, reversed vocals almost sounds like it's saying the future, but it's it's totally not. But it just uh, kind of sounds like it, and it, it's I, just funny. <laughs> I didn't know about that, but so many people in my comment section just keep telling me about it that I guess I know about it now. I still I, I'm like, <laughs> but if, the, uh, if you wanna if you wanna hear it. Uh, the the clearest. Just go to the part where Link's ascending that elevator. Okay, and that's when it plays, and then the drop. That's one of my f- favorite shots. Aside from when the music kicks in for after you know, uh, Zelda says Link. It's just like that part of rising the elevator, and then boom, we just see this 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 mysterious figure just standing there, and it's like. <laughs> This is so amazing. This is so epic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the moment that I was just really actually the the part with the song, the music in that in that trailer was just phenomenal. The the top notch. The... Oh yeah. It did it did like half of the lifting already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that song part where where Zelda says Link and then transitions into I guess it's not a saxophone. Some people tell me it's an Asian instrument or something, but it sounds like a saxophone. Um that that whole part is amazing. So good. There there are so like I just love how many musical references there were as well. Yes. The music just yeah. kept changing up, you know. The main Zelda theme, um, Breath of the Wild's main theme. Hyrule I Castle. Think. Hyrule Castle, Ganondorf's yeah. theme. So much stuff. I, yeah, cool references all over the place. I think it might have been the best trailer uh, for a video game I've seen ever. I, I think the only competition I can think of is maybe the original Elden Ring trailer. I really liked that one. Uh, and the E3 Twilight Princess trailer was really hype. It also had excellent music. Yeah, although you know, knowing what we know now, it was a bit too epic for its own good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whereas with this game, I'm. We're, let's hope it's uh, not. <laughs> well, with this game, we we know that they probably show way too little. Almost, mm. where it's uh, like what, what we said back at the beginning like imagine how much more there isn't in, in that game judging by what they've been able to show now or what they were willing to show now whereas with uh, twilight princess like half the stuff we saw in that trailer didn't even exist in the game at least not in it in that form <laughs> they really only had that tra- like they hadn't done anything they only had that trailer and they're like all right let's see what they think <laughs> and uh they yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that that was it i mean that, that, to be fair a lot of video game companies do that that the the most recent example i can think of was uh, cyberpunk's original trailer also had nothing to do with the with with the <laughs> final game because it's all pre-rendered anyway and i'm still not sure to what extent the first uh trailer for because that's my second favorite piece of promotional trailer the original breath of the wild 2 announcement right the one underground right that's my fit that's my second film but like aside from this trailer that's my f- all the other ones i'm like eh it was okay but the 2019 one was yeah it the- was so dark and caught my attention really set the mood really yeah, caught my really attention. Caught the attention even though they didn't even show much about what this game was going to be about it just set the mood really well I mean, I saw Ganondorf. That's all I needed to see. Like the the, the mood, the, <laughs> the mood, and the fact it was it was the Majora's Mask potential. Like I really like Majora's Mask. I think it's an excellent, like, um, dark side of Ocarina of Time. Like it's it's kind of a sequel to Ocarina of Time. It's using the same thing. And so you got this game, and it, it's you know Breath of the Wild two. It's it's using the same engine as Breath of the Wild, similar to Majora's Mask. Uh, it's got a darker tone thanks to that trailer. That's when I was really like my mind was racing. I was like this. This looks like they're going to pull a Majora's Mask and just 
completely flip the script, do all kinds of crazy things we're not expecting. Yeah, same. All right, last thing. Uh, game of the year. Uh, do you think that Tears of the Kingdom has any competition for game of the year, like from anyone? Because a lot of big mm. names are, are coming out this year as well. I don't know. Can I can't you, really. Can, I can't really. Can you give say me a cause... refresher? Sure. Because I'm not too sure what's slated right now. So I, I know. I, I previously I thought like back before the game came out, I thought Hyrule or not Hyrule, <laughs> uh, Hogwarts Legacy was I thought was going to be a great contender, but it looks like it's, it's not. kind of like <laughs> yeah, it's not. Not. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's a it's a fun fine game, but I I don't think it's it's a contender. Just a so, yeah, just a solid seven, which you know would be low for a Zelda game. So here's the ones that I think uh, have potential. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 uh, seems to be. Uh, oh yeah. It yeah. seems it's a it's a big thing. The the guy that's producing it, uh, Naoki Yoshida, he's famous for for making Final Fantasy 14. Uh, and from what I look at it, it's like okay, this looks this looks really good. This looks interesting. Um, Starfield is also coming out, but I don't like it so far from what I see. But but I I know Same. a lot of people I know a lot of people do. Uh, and it definitely will get nominated. So I'm just listing out the things I think for sure will get nominated. Starfield will get nominated. Final Fantasy XIV will get nominated. Obviously, Tears of the Kingdom will get nominated. And the only one I really think is Armored Core, because From Software is making it. We haven't seen anything for that, but it's yeah. From Software. So <laughs> Is it coming out this year? Yes, it's this Even year. we haven't seen yeah. much? Yeah, it's oh, this wow. year. I wouldn't be surprised if they delay it. No. There'll be no, there's not going to be no delays. Um, they've been working on oh. it since like 2016. So I, <laughs> I think that this is just their marketing strategy. Now, I think Nintendo and from software just discovered that we don't have to show anything strategy. <laughs> the, they did the same thing with Elden Ring. It was very sparse until like the last month and they started showing some stuff. Um, I think that's just how they're going to do things now. They're not going to, they, they announced the Elden Ring DLC, uh, Shadow of the Earth Tree. And then they didn't say anything. No, no release date. No nothing. So, and then we know that there, there was a leak that said that it was planned for this year, and it's a very credible leak, sometime in September-ish. And mm. so, if that's true, the Shadow of the Earth Tree is not coming out until next year. So they announced it a year ahead of time, and they don't care. They're like, okay, here we're working on <laughs> it. We'll do. They don't care. They know we'll buy it. Yeah. Well, from of that list that you mentioned, Starfield, I don't think is going to take it over Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, it it also got beaten like as uh, for a most anticipated most game. Yeah. So clearly, there's a big audience that is that is going crazy over Tears of the, Tears of the Kingdom, and that was before this, this trailer. trailer so yeah. <laughs> imagine that, uh, or Zelda fans are just crazy dedicated. Who knows? <laughs> Like we, we, they all bought three computers just to <laughs> cast three votes. <laughs> but uh, I guess Final Fantasy VII, it does look good, but 16. Jeff Keighley is kind of notorious. Oh yeah, 16. He's kind of notorious for being not the greatest fan of, of the Japanese RPGs. JRPGs almost never make the cut. Uh, I think it was, it was shocking that Xenoblade got nominated and I, I almost felt it was like a pity nomination. A pity nomination, right? Because <laughs> he is just notorious for that. He, he didn't just even does not like give, Japanese RPGs. He didn't even give Xenoblade uh, Chronicles three best um, music. 
And I thought that was yeah, just like, was that's just sad. That's just <laughs> sad. How are you going to do that? Like, you don't give it anything and you just nominate it just to lose. You're all you're all forgetting about the game, though. That's obviously going to beat Tears of the Kingdom. It's Pikmin 4, bro. Pikmin 4, there we go. <laughs> Pikmin 4, there we go. <laughs> Anyways, I I don't have any knowledge of the those other contenders, so I can't really, you know, st- state a p- an opinion aside from... I do strongly believe that it, Tears of the Kingdom will obviously be nominated. Other than that, I, I have no idea. I'm certain it's going to win, uh, but that's before I've seen what Armored Core had. Also, d- did you know Jeff Keighley uh, did a review for Armored Core 4, which was also made by Miyazaki, uh, and he just just dragged it through the mud, just like, worse, it sucks, Japanese need to stop making bad games. Yeah. No, why would anybody play this thing? It was just, it was pretty brutal review back in the day. And then uh, <laughs> I, I found that really funny because someone, um, someone made a YouTube video where it showed that, and then it showed him like, uh, oh, one of the greatest developers making the best games ever. I mean, I introduced Armored Core 6, like, <laughs> when he announced it in the, in the game, it was hilarious. Oh, maybe it will win then, <laughs> just because he wants to set the record straight with Miyazaki. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, I mean, a lot of... Cra- I, I'm not too familiar with Armored Core and how it works gameplay-wise, or if it's like a series that is generally considered like masterpieces or... It is... I, uh, from my understanding is it's fairly niche, uh, but so was the Zoles genre before Miyazaki got his grubby hands on it true <laughs> well since Elden Ring won last year maybe they're gonna cut Miyazaki a break because they don't want to seem too biased <laughs> and in the case of Elden Ring I was convinced that they would have preferred to uh that they would have preferred uh, God of War as game of the year but Elden Ring was just so good so good that there was that there was no denying it. There was no pretending, <laughs> which is why they gave all the other awards to, to God, God of, of War. War. <laughs> and like, it was just funny to me how they kind of spin, try to try to try to wiggle their way, <laughs> like to keep everyone happy, because he's obviously good friends with a lot of those people who worked. Like he's he's very well. I wouldn't say in bed, but because that's maybe implying that he's, he's very connected, like, corrupt. He is very, very connected with the, the, the Western gaming sphere. Like Troy Baker, I think him, he and him are friends. The, the, he's clearly friend, friends with the uh, God of War voice actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the length Maybe of that speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. You no, know, no, he was, the dude was just a Chad because he was extending the duration so they could hand out more, more like, switch fives. More uh, Steam decks, more they, Steam decks. Yeah, yeah, Steam decks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way too long of speech, but I mean, hey. I was streaming that, um, it's like the biggest stream I ever had. It was like, I, I don't know, 2,000 people, something like that uh, on the stream. And I, I, I was like, okay, this is great. Like, I'm, I'm happy. And then he kept going, and I was like, what's <laughs> happening? Like, this is this has been going on for a while now. And then they started playing the music to cue him off. And then I started, like, the whole chat starts rolling. Like, we're all laughing at uh, the, the, the music being played. It's like, he's not getting it, though. He just keeps going. He just keeps... And then for the rest of the and night, we... we were waiting for Elden Ring. Like, we really wanted, um, sorry, we're waiting for Armored Corp. And, uh, we didn't know if it was going to get announced. And so for the rest of the night, like music emojis, anytime any, anything came on that, that nobody likes, like music emoji, play the music, go on, <laughs> cue them off. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, yeah. 
they even they even, they even like joked about it afterwards on a show like please be quick or whatever <laughs> i can't remember what they said but oh man okay it was well a fun show I-, I noticed that we did go over the time that <laughs> we said we were gonna be yeah. so uh that's yeah, it's okay all right well thank you both for coming yeah uh always a pleasure i mean i've never been on your show but podcasts in general are it's always fun to talk to new people mm-hmm. so it's a for me it's always a pleasure to be there but th- this one has been surprisingly uh relaxing just talking talking about zelda my favorite thing so and you've been a great host too well thank you very much nintendo black crisis thanks for coming back no problem was fun this has been the Yggdrasil Podcast. Thank you all very much for watching.